Welcome to the Blind Justice Podcast, where you discover the insider secrets of injury and accident cases, and all of your law questions get answered. Now, here's your host, Chicago injury lawyer, Scott DeSalvo. Hey guys, it's Scott DeSalvo, your favorite injury lawyer, and I'm here again with my host, Amelia Fennefrock. Well, she's my co-host. If she was my host, it probably would mean I was crashing on her couch or something. Or like I would, I was your host body, and you were an alien. Yeah, and you overtook me, and it was a, it was not a mutual decision. Wait a minute, write that down, because we're selling that script. <laughs> After this podcast, we're going to write a treatment or a spec, a spec script. Yes. In a world where an injury lawyer decides to take over his co-host buddy, what could go wrong? Yeah, I don't know. Are you thinking like sci-fi meets rom-com? Yeah, sci-fi meets like uh, comedy. It's going to be like a, what's the... It's like Reservoir Dogs meets Heat meets... Was There's it? something about Mary meets five. What's the what's the what's the show? Five something under the sun, under the sun, and it's about these group of aliens that come down to Earth. Oh, Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. No, not Thirty Rock. I know what you mean. Five it's, something from the sun. It's something. Yeah, rock. yeah, yeah. And it had John Lithgow. Yes. And, and they're yeah. all like. Yeah, they're possessed. In this, right. They're these human aliens bodies. and human bodies. And they're right. like does not know how to compute. Yeah. Yeah. Something um, like that. Well, it's been done. To be decided. (laughs) Well, come up with a different idea. That's been done. Okay. All right. right. Um, Getting an intern on that. Nice. So, uh, hey, we're doing, we're still answering mailbag questions Mm -hmm. in this podcast. So, Amelia, do you want to give us the little synopsis so we know what the topic is? I would love to. Uh, I got injured at a work. uh, I got injured at work about two years ago, but I never filed a workers' comp case. Is it too late to do it now? Yeah, this is... Honestly, it's ne- it's always great for us to talk about deadlines mm-hmm. in the various cases. Does of, it t- they shift? No, for sure. It it depends on like the type of case, who you're suing, and who you are. But it the the details are too much. You're you're probably better off consulting with an attorney. But it's cool for us to look at these fact scenarios and give people some ideas about what they might be up against. So why don't you? Read the whole question and we'll dive right in. I will. Dear Mr. DeSalvo, I have been working at my company for many years. Well, about two years ago, I slipped and fell on oil that a machine was leaking. I fell right on my back. I fell backwards and went down hard on my lower back. I missed some work, went to the company doctors, and then I went back to work and have been working since then. But my back has not been the same since I had that fall. My friend told me that after a work injury, workers' comp is supposed to pay some money. But my company never did. Did I wait too long? Yeah, I mean, that's this is actually a great fact scenario for us to review. So... There's two deadlines in workers' comp. I think we discussed this recently in a podcast. There's two deadlines in a comp case. One is called the 45 – and this obviously applies to Illinois cases. Sure. Because comp is a creature of statute. Each state has a different workers' comp law. They usually work pretty similarly. Mm -hmm. But my answers here are going to pertain to Illinois comp. If people listening have an out-of-state comp case, they can call me and I'll get them hooked up with somebody in their state. Who knows their state law. But there's two deadlines in a comp case. The 45-day rule, which basically means you got 45 days to just let your employer know you sustained an injury at work, mm-hmm. right? 
And then you've got three years from the date of injury to file a petition actually at the commission. And it's free to do it. But rather than doing it... Pardon me? Yeah, so you have three years then. Yeah, three years from the date of accident. So people get confused like in a car crash case, you've got two years. Like to file a lawsuit over at the courthouse, most of the deadlines are two years. They're sometimes one year. Do they do that on purpose so that people won't file? Um, I don't think so. I think that when Illinois passed its statutes, it's it's different statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. It's sort of followed national, like the trends sure. that other states had. And then when when they when Illinois passed the workers' comp, I think part of the trade off between industry and the working man was they wanted to give the working man a little bit of extra time Got to, uh, I guess I should say, working person. It's super. Yes, gender God. horrible of me not to say person yeah, it is better check your privilege it's because i don't consider women people <laughs> wow it's coming out we're gonna have to cut that one out of this that's podcast. why i'm the co-host because i'm a woman and i'm lesser than the host wow <laughs> well technically i called you the host it's true so yeah maybe i'm your special guest star i don't know <laughs> anyway so yeah you gotta make those deadlines if you hire an attorney the attorney will make sure those deadlines are taken care of and you know me, I always encourage people to do that right That's true. away. The other thing that, that you got that I look for when somebody tells me, hey, I had a fall a long time ago, um, it was two years ago, can I do a claim now? I immediately want to know, when you had that fall two years ago, did you go to a doctor? Did the doctor give you a diagnosis? Right. Did the doctor write in the medical records that the fall was work-related? Right. Or did the doctor, when the doctor asked you what happened, how did your back start hurting? Two years ago, did you tell the doctor, I don't know? I just woke up that day and my back started hurting? Yeah. If that's what's in the medical records, it's going to be really hard for us to prove right. that a work incident caused the, the injury, right? Or occasionally I'll get somebody to call me up and they're like, well, I said that because I was afraid I was going to get fired and I didn't want to file a. I mean, uh, I sympathize. I get it. There are companies out there that um, if you file a work workers' comp claim, the company starts treating you really bad. Like the really? supervisor starts acting yeah. like a jerk. Seriously? They, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah, it's horrible. But, you that's know, terrible. there's some bad companies out there. So I get it. But I always tell people, like, look, man, if, if you think there's any possibility that you're going to need to – file a comp claim or even a third-party claim right. over at the courthouse, it is your duty to, first of all, like, get medical care you need to get better because right. that's what people expect you to do. Exactly. But the other thing is you have to do that with an eye towards 12 strangers in a jury case or a judge mm-hmm. who's a little bit skeptical right. about these work injury claims. And they're going to look at what your medical looks like. And if your medical is spotty, and he's going to say, wait a minute, this guy is now claiming he needs back surgery. But in the medical visit after his fall, he told the doctor he just woke up with that pain and it wasn't work-related. Or he was playing basketball and fell hard and went to work anyway and his back was hurting. Right, they look you know, at all that. Yeah, yeah and it yeah. looks like you're lying. Right, and and look, ultimately, 
I'm the kind of person who I feel like if I've got somebody in my office and I look them in the eye and have a conversation with them, I can tell pretty well who's BSing me and who's legit and who's sincere. And so what I tell people is, look, you know, I'm not a miracle worker. I'm really good at, at, at fixing cases and Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to take a hard case, but boy, don't kill me. No. (laughs) So my point is if you have a fall or you have a work injury, get to a doctor and make sure the doctor knows why you're there, right? Report to the doctor that it's a work-related deal. The other thing, um, the other thing I would say briefly is if you decide to treat with a company doctor, remember that that company doctor then is going to have a hell of a lot of control over your case. Yeah. So when you're done treating, let's say you're, you're, uh, you, you get therapy and whatever other treatment you need for your back, and the doctor says, okay, you're good enough, you don't need medical care anymore, there's – you know, there's like a tendency for somebody who gets a lot of patients from a comp insurance company, yeah. a company doctor, right. to want to minimize your injury to save the company money so they keep getting company patients, right? So there's a profit motive involved. Right. And so I tell people who decide they want to stick with the company doctor, you may have a professional and an awesome doctor in that company doctor who's a straight shooter. Or you may have somebody who plays a little bit fast and loose with these things because they want to please the company. They're more, once you're more or less better, they are more interested in repeat business than they are. I'm sure. Right? Treating you. So there are are consequences to treating with a company doctor or potential uh, consequences. There are some company doctors who are great. So, Would you recommend people um, getting a second opinion if they if they are using their company doctor to to just kind of do their homework a little bit and f- yeah that that's a really complicated question because there's a lot of things that go into it okay it depends on the insurance carrier who the doctor is sure. what the injury is right so for example if somebody's got an objective injury that shows up on MRI yeah. And we can prove that it wasn't that way before the work incident. And it shows nerve impingement on the MRI. Right. The company doctor is limited in how credible his opinions can be that this was pre-existing or that it's not really pinching his nerve, right? Sure. So I'm less worried about that. But I'll be frank with you. Even when a company doctor is a perfect professional all through a case and then performs surgery, Boy, once the company doctor performs surgery, they are locked in on that case, and they kind of become the most credible person in the case. Right. So the, the, the patient can fire that guy after the surgery and go to a different doctor. But I feel like the judges, the arbitrators at, at, the, comp, at the comp commission are going to say, wait a minute, what does the actual surgeon say? Right. Because then they suspect if you switch doctors – to a different doctor after you have surgery with a guy, the the arbitrator's like, wait a minute. Now you're shopping for opinions. Oh, sure. Right. right. So, you're trying to find the answer that sounds the best. Yeah. yeah I, I, look, look I, I always encourage people in the context of a comp case or even just in regular medical care, right. if you have any concerns, get a second opinion. Yeah. Right? The other thing is there are guys who have a reputation for being a little bit too pro-company. 
And I know a lot of those, the names of those doctors. So when somebody calls me about a comp case or they hire me for a comp case and they say, I'm with so-and-so over at such-and-such and he says, blah, 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 I, you know, I'm not afraid to tell the client. I'm like, look, you can stick with this guy, but you haven't availed yourself of, of mm-hmm. a choice under the two-doctor rule. Right. You're, you're, not, you're not agreeing with this doctor. You know he's a company doctor. Do you think this relationship is going to get better or worse? Right. Listen to your gut. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe see a different doctor. So um, I guess the last thing I scribbled down on this one uh, to respond to it is that to me it seems like um, it's, this seems like something that, that an injury attorney, a good workers' comp lawyer, should be looking at and handling because – you know, even though it happened two years ago and he didn't file the comp claim, uh, claim if he fell down and, and the company is aware within 45 days that he had that incident at work, the 45-day rule is, is uh, satisfied. And if it happened two years ago, that means he's got about a year left on his deadline to file it. And so, you know, he's entitled to three things at the minimum in a case like this. He's entitled to two-thirds of his pay while he's off work, right? Wow. He's entitled to the company to pay for the medical care that's related. He, I don't think he says, well, he says he went back to work, but they're, in it, they're supposed to pay the related medical care that he needed, that a doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the case, he's entitled to a lump sum of money that represents the percentage change in his body, right? So if his back was 100% before, and then after the injury and after he recovers, he has lost five percent or ten percent of the normal healthy state of his back right. those numbers tie directly into what he gets at the lump sum and what it put a price on everything <laughs> yeah yeah and what his treating doctor it goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago right um his treating doctor what his treating doctor says about what his outcome is is huge mm-hmm. in determining that amount right yeah so you can imagine if his treating doctor said I cured him. He's better than new. His his back is now at 110%. He's like the bionic man or bionic woman. I've made him better than he was. Um, that's funny. That's very different than a doctor who says he's lost 20%, right? And and judges, they, they really take what those guys say to heart. So right. um, – the gentleman who sent this in should definitely talk to her lawyer. I'm available, buddy. Give me a call. But yeah, I mean, just because there's a gap between the, I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot of people have work injuries and then are afraid to go get a comp lawyer because they're afraid that they're going to get fired. Okay. But it is a violation of federal law mm-hmm. for an employer to fire you in retaliation for filing a workers' comp claim. That's just another another case if that does happen, right? Right, and <laughs> and federal courts take that really seriously. Mm-hmm. And there are serious penalties for employers who fire people in retaliation for filing a comp claim. Yeah. And my experience is that almost never happens. I mean, I can count on one hand the number of people. Uh, I can count on one hand with fingers left over the number of people who were fired after filing a comp claim wow. that I've represented. And I've been doing this for 20 years. That's so it's not, it's not common. And m- most companies realize, hey, it's the price of doing business. Mm-hmm. You have an injured worker. You got to take care of them. Right. So 
So what does it say about you if you don't? Um, here's another question. Why would you want to work there if right. they were going to fire you because you got hurt doing their work? Yeah. You know, that's I mean, that's shady. Horrible. Shady shiz. Yeah, there's some bad employers out there, but there's lots of good ones that follow the rules. So I hope that answers your question, sir or madam, as the case may be. And I hope it was edifying and helpful for the rest of our listeners. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care and have a awesome week yeah catch you guys later take care thanks for listening i truly hope that the information in the podcast helps you no matter the situation you find yourself in but you might need more answers or some more direct help so there are three ways for you easily to find out more and to get help if you call my toll-free 24-hour helpline 888-HURT-318 you'll have a couple of options. 888-HURT-318 is my toll-free 24-hour telephone line. You can call that number and speak with my team night or day. First, you can call 888-HURT-318, and you can speak to me for a free consultation about your case or situation. That's always free and no obligation. Second, you can tell the operator that you'd like a free copy of my injury DVD and book. I created the DVD and book, and I give it away for free to injured people who need answers but who might not be ready to talk to a lawyer yet. Same deal, 100% free, 100% no obligation. Third and finally, you can check out my YouTube channel for informative videos about the injury case and claims process. Or check out my other podcasts for more information and interesting interviews with people who know different things about various aspects of the law. I've put all of this together to help you and to answer your questions. Now, you can also help me, and I hope that you will. If you enjoyed the podcast and if it helped you at all, please subscribe. And if you can, take a minute and please post a positive review of the show. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you know anyone who might enjoy the podcast, please spread the word and share it on Facebook. It's my mission to spread good information to as many people as possible. And your liking and reviewing and subscribing to the podcast helps me get the word out. Thanks again. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It doesn't substitute for consulting with a lawyer. If you have a case, speak with a lawyer right away.